clones. I need to talk to you about Dickies. Dickies is the number one brand in performance workwear, and Dickies knows that work is more than just what you do. It's who you are. And just like pro athletes, your work is going to be judged by how you perform on the job. This is why Dickies Flex work pants and shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee, so you know that the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you work. Dickies Flex, engineered to move, engineered to last. You can learn more at dickies.com. That's dickies.com. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. Trevor, it's great to have you back. Let's just jump right into it. The RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Trevor, let's start with the Saints. They put a beat down on the defending champs, the Eagles, yesterday. They crushed them. Trevor, do you even need to see what happens in tonight's game between the Chiefs and Rams, or are the Saints already head and shoulders above them and everybody else in the NFL? The Saints are head and shoulders above everybody else in the NFL. That, that, I don't think that can be disputed at this point. I mean, I think tonight's game is, is going to tell us who the second best team is, but also tell us how good the Saints are, right? If the two, if the two teams, these three teams are kind of bundled together. If these two teams look bad against each other, then the Saints are definitely the best team in the NFL. If these two teams put up 45, 47 against each other, the Saints are still the best team in the NFL. If one of them puts a clapping on the other, then we have a debate. And the only thing that's that's the only thing that's gonna matter if if the Rams or Chiefs put up, you know, uh, the same beatdown the Saints put on the uh, on the Eagles, then we can talk. All Until right, so then, don't don't Saints don't don't, don't get too far into that because your pick is coming up later on in the podcast. So I want to make sure you don't break that down. Yeah, you know that. You've done this long enough. So I think that's a good point. If either one of them puts a beat down on the other tonight, then we have a conversation. But we'll see how that plays out, and I'll get your thoughts. One more thing about the Saints. I've got a feeling, Trevor, I know where you're going to go with this, but what did you think about Sean Payton smashing the gas pedal and continuing to throw up late, late in that game? Do you remember a couple of years ago when uh, the Patriots were up on the Dolphins, something like 45 to 10 or something like that, and Bill Belichick went for it on a fourth down. And then when they asked him afterwards, he was like, if you do the math, if they had scored one more time, it's a two-score game. So it, you, you kind of go, yeah, he's right. You know, They could have came back in the second half, but, you, but you're, you're looking at it in a sense that the team the Saints are playing against stinks, right? So that, that the math says, put your foot on the gas pedal. The fact that the Eagles stink say, take your foot off. So which one are you? Which one are you supposed to do as a head coach? I don't mind it. The other, no, every, you know, the easy thing to say is the Eagles' job is to stop it from happening. I don't mind it. Now, if you do that and somebody gets hurt, if Michael Thomas gets hurt or Drew Bees gets hurt or any of the other ten wide receivers, Alvin Kamara gets hurt when you're putting the foot to the gas pedal, then you have some splaining to do. But other than that. I don't mind it. I think it's a good point. I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it at all. Just don't tell me it has anything to do with math. You and I know that was not about math, right? I've got no problem with it, but that was I'm not about the math. I'm giving the man the benefit of the doubt, my man. <laughs> all right, so what, what do you think that was? Was that something that you were talking about on a recent podcast where you say, look, these guys need things to do to motivate themselves? Is that what that was, or was that deeply personal? Why do you think he was doing that? I, it can't be personal. I, I mean, Sean Payton is a grown-ass man. He, you know, at this point, you're fourth graders. I mean, we're all getting paid a king's ransom to play a kid's game. It, 
it better have not been personal. Now, if he just wants to rub their nose in it, like Bill Belichick wants to do with everybody, especially when uh, they got popped for Spygate, and he said, look, and I had a, I had a friend on the team, He's Bill Belichick said, we're going to rub everybody's nose in it. And that's when they went 16-0 and and lost to the Super Bowl or whatever. But if that's what you're doing, if that if you just want to send a message, you know, to the to the Rams who are playing tonight, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Or send a message to the defending world champs who are already circling the drain well, and already yeah, taking well, a knee, and then you like kick sending, them in the gut it, again. Yeah, well, that's like sending a message to the sisters of the poor. Hey, we're better than you. Yeah, we know that. What message you send it to them? Yeah, I, I don't personally know. I just know I don't have a problem with it. And they're playing like they've got an enormous chip on their shoulder, and it's us against the world. And I think it's entertaining. I like seeing it. Now, yeah, and you have to manufacture that stuff. We talked. I talked about it. You have to manufacture that. If that's what it takes, you know. You notice they weren't throwing up the Des Bryant X anymore. Right. They've moved on from that shit, and now it's let's go put up fifty. Now next week is going to be how fast can we score? Can we score in two play? You know, they'll always come up with something, and they have to do that for the next six weeks. Whatever it takes. All right, Trevor. Alex Smith snapped his leg yesterday against the Texans. Listen, I understand this is an extremely violent game played by extremely violent men. You know exactly what you signed up for, but I'm not sure anybody signed up for that. I mean, what exactly <laughs> went through your mind when you see a guy or when you see a guy suffer an injury like that, and immediately, Trevor, both sides are signaling for help, and both sides are dropping to a knee on the field? A couple of things. The Gordon Hayward thing came to came to mind first, and that was the most hated thing I've ever seen. The man's foot was going the wrong way, so that, that, that's one thing. The second thing is in the moment when you're a player, um, if you're on the field and you hear and you see it, it's one thing. But on the sideline, I don't see that stuff. I, I mean, I hear I hear it from the crowd. I'm sitting down. I'm like, oh, what happened? They say Alex Smith broke his leg. Oh, that sucks. You know, you don't. You have to be really paying attention to that and be outside of your own job and your own thinking and your own um, kind of way of going about your business to really notice that. The part that everybody needs to pay attention to is what happened when he got in the cart. His leg just snapped in three places the wrong way. And he sat there and waved his hands like, thanks, everybody. That is the trauma that NFL, but not even NFL players, but professional athletes go through on a day-to-day basis. No one breaks their leg every day. But the fact that it happened, he kind of just went, he just resigned to himself. Yeah, my leg broke in three places. Put this air cast on. I'm going to ride this cast and I'm going to rehab and get better next year and blah, blah, blah. That, so we're skipping over the injury. Let's get to the point of five minutes after the injury. That's the part that's interesting to me. And it's a part that I've gotten used to all my life playing football. And it's like, oh, that's just part of the game. The, them be the breaks. Well, Trevor, in addition to that, I was going to ask you, it's, it's, I know what you're saying. If you're on the sideline and you're kind of lost in your own thought and your own preparation, your focus, and you don't see it, that's one thing. But what happens if you're on the field and you do see it? And I understand that this is part of the game. It's probably been hammered into your head since you first put on the pads. Injuries are part of the game. Keep playing, keep playing. What I want to know from a human standpoint, how do you keep playing when you see something like that happen to one of your brothers? The thing is, Jim, you shouldn't have seen it. If you're watching Alex Smith, Alex Smith's leg, you are one of two people. You are Alex Smith, or you are the offensive tackle that should have been blocking the guy that broke Alex Smith's leg. You're one, so you turn around to see it. You know, you ever heard about the watch out block? Like the t- offensive tackle turns watch around out. and goes, "Watch out!" Right. So if you're one of those two people, you have that's a different set of things. You don't really see it as a player. You just know what happened. Okay, but, but but Trevor, what if what if you didn't see it, but you're on the field, maybe you heard it, and if this guy's screaming in agony, or you look over and you see that his leg is not 
pointed Jim, the right way, any of that Jim, stuff. That's a, that's, a, that's a thing. He was not screaming in agony because that's just the way we are built. Huh. That's the way we are trained, and that's the way we are built, and it is heinous. It is something you just get used to. I, I equate it to being uh, an ambulance, an uh, uh, emergency um, a surgeon, a or not a surgeon, but yeah. like you, you drive an ambulance, nine one one, and you show up first, first responders, and God knows what you're going to see when you walk into a house or somebody comes out. It's just part of it, man, and you and you move on very quickly. Good, bad, and different. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. It's the way we're all. It's not that we were built. It's the way we're all grown up. All right, so this is what you learned, and it's conditioned behavior. But what about the game itself, Trevor? What about the game? How much faster and how much more violent is the game right now than even when you last played in 2010? Here's the thing. I, I, thought, I thought about this last night. As I was watching the two kids from Carolina jump up and catch the ball and, you know, toe tap, and, I'm, and I watched Jalen uh, Ramsey jump over Antonio's Brown's head in the end zone and catch the ball in front of his face while still keeping it. And both of them are going about 22 miles an hour. The athleticism we are watching in this game is natural evolution. We are watching humans evolve in front of our face. That's my biggest takeaway from yesterday. The games are fine, but the normal, right? The normal of catching the ball, the normal of what T.Y. Hilton did doesn't put his heel down out of bounds. The normal with the linebacker from the, uh, the, the Texans, who I've never heard of, turns himself sideways to intercept the ball that's coming that fast at him. The normal has become routine, and when you do that, that is evolution at its highest. And, and, and I really do believe, even more so than basketball, that football is the only sport that you can actually really see it, right? The evolution of basketball is the game has moved out further from the hoop. The evolution of football is if you can't jump over a DB as he's coming to tackle you, or if you can't catch the ball with one hand behind your back without looking at it, you can't play. There's a kid that plays at my kid's school, right? He's a football player. His name is Dane. I don't know Dane's last name. Dane is six foot three, a white kid, a great kid, right? Dane is six foot three, about 200 pounds. I watched Dane warm up in practice, like catching the ball. He catches the ball like Odell Beckham Jr. Jim, nobody's recruiting Dane because what he can do is the norm. What else can you do? So, so I don't, I'm, I'm watching the world change around me as I, I, I'm like, I have never been the get off my lawn guy. I am now the get on my lawn guy. Get on my lawn and do that again. We ha you have to pay attention to it. It's really interesting. Let me ask you this then. Like, arguably the best to ever do it. Like, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, could he do the things that you see that are now routine, that are now the new normal? I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm going to sit up when I say this. Hell no. Jerry Rice was not the athlete these kids are. I played with Jerry Rice at the end of his career. He was 44 years old when he walked to the Broncos, Broncos locker room. So that was amazing in and of itself. But the athleticism that they had is not even close. It's not even on the same plane, Jim. Now, here's the thing I will say. The game has also gotten smaller. By, by definition, it has gotten faster and more athletic, so the players are getting smaller. Alvin Kamara did not have a chance in 2002. There's no way he plays the NFL. Derrick Henry is a dinosaur and a fossil. And that's kind of what makes him special because he's the only one that, that does that. And the Tennessee Titans are like, yeah, we'll try it. We'll try anything else that doesn't work. And it doesn't work. The game is built on a level of speed. Trevor, it worked, it worked, fi it worked fine when they punched the hell out of New England last weekend. But, but you know, are you going to try to do that? Are you going to try to do that 16 times a year? The answer to that, Jim, 
is no. Like the the Ravens and their wing T single wing 1920s right. Chicago Bear Sorry, offense. So stay that's right not going to work again. I'm glad you brought that up. Stay right there, Trevor, because if the game is getting smaller and getting faster and getting more athletic, well, there's Lamar Jackson. He gets his first start in a must-win game. Lucky for him, it was against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, Cincinnati. Of course, he did have to carry it 27 times to get it done. So what were you thinking, Trevor, watching him? Is that like a quarterback playing running back or a running back playing quarterback or a head coach who doesn't give a damn is looking to save his job or, or what? <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit of a couple of things. I think it was the one thing the Cincinnati Bengals were like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to just hand a kid the ball like in sixth, sixth grade backyard football, are they? And he's yes, they the are. Ball, he runs the ball. I was like – the Cincinnati Bengals prepared for everything besides what they got. Okay, they're going to short pass the ball. They're going to do some things, maybe take some shots down the field. They're going to try this because you have no idea. And the Ravens said, lo and behold, we're going to let him just run the ball 25. 20. I mean, I, I have not seen that since high school. Now, the fact that it worked when they're not looking for it, you know, the Kansas City shuffle, look right, clip left kind of thing, that's fine. It can't work again next week. It can't. There's no way it can work again. I was watching the game, and I was like, are the Bengals going to keep letting them do this? Like, why are the safeties playing in the, in the middle of the field? He's not throwing the ball there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand, but you you kind of have to, you know, equate for that. They might do it one time. Guess what? They did it no times. So ran the ball directly down your throat. All right, so what about John Harbaugh? You and I have talked about him in the past. I'm curious, like if you're Ozzie Newsome or your ownership and you see your first round pick, the alleged face of the franchise, the guy's going to be your next go-to quarterback, and you see a head coach you know is like fighting for his life, trying to win a game, trying to keep his job. I mean, if your management or Ozzie Newsome, you can't be happy about that, right? Um, whose fault is it they, that he plays with the Ravens? It ain't John Harbaugh's. I can tell you that right now. It's not his fault. Yeah, but, they didn't, Jim, they, didn't, yeah, but they didn't draft him to run it 27 times, though, per game. Uh, but, uh, obviously, they did, because here's what happens. I'm going to tell you that this is a fact. This is funny. So uh, I was I'll talking to an NFL that. scout a long time, like a couple years, probably three, four years ago. And I was talking about the draft, right? And I said, what? Like, how do y'all really do that? He says, we really don't know. He said, but the first day in practice, in the first five minutes, we can tell if our kid can play or not. Whatever position is, it doesn't matter. He said it takes about five minutes. And I started noticing that. I started remembering my times playing NFL, and you'd watch the defensive lineman. I always went in the back because I was last. I was like, I'll go last. And I watched the guys go over the bag, and I go, he's going to make the team. He's not going to make the team. He's not going to make the team. That guy thinks that guy can't play. And we were just running over bags. I believe that Lamar Jackson must have went to practice first day, and they went, oh, my God, he can't play quarterback. It had to have happened, or else you don't put in that offense. You know, listen, I understand that it's going to be a modified offense. It's going to be a different offense. It's not going to be Joe Flacco's offense. But the offense is not give it to the guy 27 times a game, right? No, Well, it is because there's something else we don't know. Again, in the five minutes of the first rookie minicamp, they all know whether he's a quarterback or not. And they are not going to tell us that. They all know whether or not this kid is a quarterback because you don't know until you draft him and you don't know until he puts on your colors and goes out and practice and throws a route. And when he threw a route, he must have threw it one time and the head coach and everybody must have went, oh my Jesus, that was a mistake. Yeah, so but, now this is what he does. Yeah, but this Trevor, is what if you they have know to that, do. Trevor, if they know that in five minutes, wouldn't they know that in four years of tape and any other workout and everything else? Why would you draft a guy like you'd that? Be, you'd be shocked. Jim, you'd be shocked. That you don't know. We watched a guy four years. A guy won the Heisman. We watched him. We watched him jump over 
the Syracuse defenders and, and run through Florida State with all those kids are from Florida and run real fast. And we watched Lamar Jackson run past them as, as if they were standing still. He is from South Florida. I know those kind of kids. I grew up with those kind of kids. Jim, there's something missing between what we saw in college and what is going on now because no offensive coordinator says we're going to let the quarterback run the ball 23 times because if he gets hurt, they have to put in RG3, and God knows what that looks like. All right, so where does that leave them? When you look at Lamar Jackson right now, what do you see? Do you see a guy who's not a quarterback? Do you see a guy who's a running back? Do you see a guy who's a wide receiver? What do you see in this guy? I, you know, funny enough, I, was, I remember the draft, Jim, and, and you know everybody was talking about, well, they give him a chance to play quarterback and this and the other. What sport, Jim, does the fastest guy give the ball to the slower guy? What, what sport is the – give me a sport where – the first guy that gets the ball is the fastest guy in the field, and he's going to turn around and hand to somebody else slower than him. Mm-hmm. hes I don't think he's a quarter. I think he is Antonio Brown. I think they teach him how to catch, and Bill Polian said it on ESPN. hes a, I mean, And that's the greatest compliment. Forget the whole quarterback because he's black thing and all that. That's The, the kid does not have that kind of arm. Tim Tebow does not have, that, have a quarter NFL arm. Blake Bortles does not have an NFL arm anymore. The kid is explosive. In a class by himself. Why would you let him stand back there and give the ball to somebody else? That makes no sense. All right, so I don't know about you. I don't know the kid at all. I've talked to him, but I don't really know him. Do you think, if you're right, Trevor, if you're right, does he strike you as somebody that would make that change? Because Tebow famously said, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not going to play another position. I'm not going to be an H-back. I'm not going to be a tight end. I'm not going to be a fullback. I am a quarterback. And look what happened to him. Now he's a wannabe baseball player. Do you think Jackson would make that move? <laughs> um. I, I don't know the kid, and I believe he'd make that same decision. I, I believe I don't. I don't think he'd move yeah. because if he was going to move, he would have moved already. But because Jim, Jim, all you have to do is watch what they do. They they ran him up and down the field for a reason. Is because he can't throw well, he, a football. Okay, and also one last thought, Trevor. I'm not. I, we don't need to spend the entire episode on this, but let me just ask you this. Then he he can't throw the football period or maybe he's still just not ready yet and needs right, more yes. work and will be fine yes let's go let's go with that because you don't want to i don't want to i don't want to lay that on the kid yet right he, he, he because in college he looked like he can't throw a football but he's not ready for the nfl speed yet and let me tell you something the funny thing about firing a by petrino all the quarterback shortcomings that lamar jackson has is his fault they're his fucking fault. If your quarterback cannot read zone defenses or, or read man zone, it's because a goddamn head coach can't read man zone. That's just the way it is. So now they're breaking him down and trying to build this kid back up. I think it's going to be a longer project than they thought. All you have to do is watch what they did. All you have to do is watch what they did. They, let him right. stay, they, let him drop, they didn't let him drop back there and read the ball, read the half field, and read the coverages. And all. No, they said, hey, hike the ball, you run for your life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, think, I think what it comes down to is this, and we have the conversation, it's – he can't do it. He doesn't have the arm talent. He can't do it. Or he's just not ready yet because they had to put him in there because Flacco couldn't go. Time will tell. It's a good conversation. All right, Trevor, what about the Cowboys? Don't look now. The Cowboys who were left for dead a couple of weeks back. I admit it. I did the same myself and especially their head coach. They're right back in the hunt because they beat a couple of teams that to me are two of the biggest disappointments in the NFL. And the Redskins just lost their QB1. So did Jason Garrett save his job? Uh, I don't know. Matt Ryan saved Jason Garrett's job. <laughs> Didn't I tell y'all about this? You did too. You did. You did, did. I tell I, y'all? I, I mean, pushed, well, look, I, I still listening to I, 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 I will stand by the discussion slash argument we had at that time, but I could not be less impressed with the Falcons and what they just did again, again. 
there you go. Uh, I mean, uh, in the conversation, isn't it? I, it it's going to happen time. The thing about Dan Quinn, uh, the thing about when you have a, head, a new head coach that is organized and brings some discipline. We went through that with the Ravens when we got when they fired Brian Billick and they brought in John Harbaugh. We went to the AFC Championship, John Harbaugh's first year. John Harbaugh did not coordinate not nay defense or nay offense or any special teams team, any special teams. He was a leader of men and he galvanized and worked us really hard. And then he, and then he stopped working us really hard and made us not do much would help, which helped this really old ass team that, that I was on. Um, so he was able to lead. And that's the thing I think Dan Quinn did when he first got there, he was able to lead and they got rid of, you know, Bobby Petrino era and whatever was before him and all that, all that nonsense and that bullshit. So now they show up and everybody's kind of galvanizing, but now, those messages start to get old very quickly, right? And now the two running backs got their money. Vic Beasley's trying to get some money. Uh, the left tackle, who I think is another just a guy, got some money. And, you know, the, the Matthews kid. And they are, they are a, a peddling, meddling football team. And then you have the ultimate just a guy, which is Matt Ryan, throwing again to the left tackle, wearing number 11. Let me ask you this, Trevor. I was talking to Phil Sims about this. I mentioned it on the daily radio program. And Phil Sims said to me yesterday when I was in New York for the NFL and CBS, he said, that's why. Look at that. Look at Philadelphia. This is why New England is so impressive. Because once you get that money, you get that money in the pocket, whatever you have, that chip you have, you lose it, and it's hard to maintain that. So let me ask you this. When you look at New England and their sustained excellence, is it because they're able to play with money in their pocket? Or do their guys never get paid and they just keep turning it over and over and over again? And that's why guys don't get complacent. How do they maintain that, that level and that edge? That is a that is an amazing way of thinking about it. That they don't pay their guys. I remember when they traded Richard Seymour to Oakland, and Oakland paid him fifteen million dollars a year, and he didn't want to go. There's something they're doing in New England, and and part of it is Bill Belichick. And I talk about the Auburn Alabama thing, right? The same kids who are recruited and on scholarship at Auburn and Mississippi and Mississippi State and Vanderbilt were all offered scholarships from Alabama. Every last one of them. The same kids at Alabama were offered scholarships to all those other SEC schools. You can replace those kids. They're almost interchangeable. All the offensive linemen are six foot three, 330 pounds. Across the entire SEC, they all look alike. And none of them are going to – very little of them are going to play in the NFL because they're not NFL linemen. But the point is the difference is Nick Saban. And I think the difference in, in New England, and I hate saying it because I did not like them when I was playing there. And, and they tried to sign me, which is really funny. Um, is Bill Belichick. That edge that he has, that all of you are the exact same to me. He does not play favorites. He is upset all the time. It reminds you of Nick Saban. This is what we are. There is no good news. No matter what we do, there is no fucking good news. And that's the way they play. You'd have to be that way. You have to be everything is good news and everything's okay. At no point with Bill Belichick is anything okay. So Trevor, it what's keeps that the like? Edge on the team. What, what I was going to say, what's that like? If there's never a good day, I mean, that's that's not fair, but if there's never good news and it's almost never fun and the only fun and good news is winning, does that not wear you down? Does that not get old? Oh, it gets old fast. It, it gets old fast. But you have to kind of look up at the end of the season and say, look what we've it's accomplished, it, right? Right. Yeah, look what we've accomplished. Right? Even, uh, Damian Woody tells a story. Bill Belichick said, hey, don't come here and ask me for no days off. Put your head down and work. And, he, and Damian Woody said, I've never worked so hard in my life. He said, then we looked up at the end of the season. We were Super Bowl champs. And if you are consistently doing that, the, the other part of going to the Super Bowl and the playoffs is how long the season is. Because when everybody gets done in January, your ass is still playing another month 
and everybody starts the offseason program at the same time. So come April, everybody's back into it. You've been playing professional football since August to February, and you get exactly 45 days off. Your body has to be conditioned to that, and the Eagles are not conditioned for it. Preston Trevor, what about this? When you're in that, right, when you're working that extra month, when you know everybody else is off, the logical thinking is they all wish they were me. When you were doing that, and you were going— no, they don't. (laughs) Okay, exactly. When you were going deep and getting to the Super Bowl and winning it, at any point in that extra month where you think to yourself, I wish I were them, I don't really want to be doing this extra work right now. You know, it creeps into everybody's mind, especially when you're going through practice. The practices are the worst part. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday grind is just the worst. Now, when you get in the game and then you and then you win the game, there's no greater feeling. There, I'm telling you, in sports, there's no greater feeling than the clock running down at the end of a playoff game when you are one of the only uh, teams playing. There's no worse feeling when your buddy's like, hey, man, we are in Barbados. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to go watch film. Nothing worse. Nothing worse. But you take one with the other, one hand wash the other. Now, if you go to the – I've never lost a Super Bowl. Thank God. But if I go all the way and lose a Super Bowl and y'all have worked me to death and I've taken one month off of my career or basically off my life because how hard this is, and then at the end of the rainbow is a pot of fucking oil – Oh my God, that that I couldn't uh, that I couldn't handle. But at the same time, when you win those games, it, it 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 makes you feel like you've accomplished something real. As an individual, forget the team, but as an individual player, you've done something no one else has. But Trevor, that but it's it's the age old question: like, is it better to not go to the Super Bowl than to go and lose because it's fucked up and it's not right? But you don't feel like the perception is not you're the second best team. It's like you're the worst team because you lost. Is there anything to that? Would guys like it never happened to you? You won both your rings, but you know guys who've gotten there and lost. Would they rather not go than go and lose? Uh, uh, Trevor Price story time shows up. Do it. So we are. I'm with the Jets and and we are uh, playing Pittsburgh for the AFC Championship. So what people don't realize, and I saw Mark Sanchez sign today, Pittsburgh went for a fourth down in the fourth quarter in their own territory. They went for a fourth quarter and fourth down, fourth and four they went for it, and they were winning. They were winning by four. They went for a fourth and four because they, if they gave the ball back to Mark, we were going to be Super Bowl champs. Let me say that question again. If the Steelers gave the, punted the ball back to the Jets offense, Mark Sanchez was about to tear a dagger into their hearts. Let, let's let that why, sit. Why? I was going to say, why do you think that? Why? I mean, I, I, love, I, know I love the guy. I love I, the guy. I, I love the guy. The why were you that they confident? Like, they were like, we are not giving the ball back right. to the Jets offense. They well, went for it on fourth and four, Jim. Right. In, in, I think it was like the 38-yard line. If they, if they don't convert in that fourth and four, we win that game. One way or another. If they punt the ball, we win the game. Because they knew, they knew at that point, Mark Sanchez had gotten fucking hot. And they were like, we, ha- we can't give him back the ball. So anyway. We lose the game. After the game, I'm standing outside. Rex Ryan comes up to me, and he has moved on completely from the game instantly, right? And he says, he says, so you play next season? I was like, no, <laughs> right? So I get on the bus. We fly. The older guys fly in first class, and I'm, I'm next to um, uh, Sean Ellis. And Sean Ellis turns to me. He says, I don't think this football shit's for me. I was, I was, like, I was like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, this football game, this, this is not – 
my thing. I said, Sean, they pay you $10 million a year. What are you going to do? You're going to really get into this because you lost a football game? You lost one football game, and now you want to quit? And guess where he was next year? Playing for the Patriots. Hmm. <laughs> so, so, so you have to figure out, you know, is it is it your job to be a professional football player or is it your job to win football games? The NFL coach's job is to win football games. Your job is to be a player. Hey, are you saying, Trevor, that it doesn't matter if you win or lose? If you just go out there and you approach it with the right process and you give it everything you have, you don't really care about the scoreboard? Yeah, at, some, at, at points, that's the way you have to do it. That's points because, you know, this is your job. And I used to tell everybody all the time, Jim, don't come here and try to lead me. Right? Don't don't try to fire me up because guess what? If I don't play, they're gonna find someone to replace me. So let, let's 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 put all this um, rah rah thing aside and be professionals. Being professionals means being on time, doing your job. The rest of it will handle itself, one way or another. That's the way you have to look at. It. Now you have your emotions. You know, I you fight and carry on and act like an idiot, but at the same time, you have to be you have to be a professional. That's the first thing they say when you show up as a rookie. Be a professional. They don't say win all your football games. They say be a professional. And now, Price's Picks. It's time of the podcast for you to put your hand in the ground, be a professional, and go face-to-face with the spread. Now, a lot can change, Trevor, in a week and a half. In fact, you turned a seven-game losing streak into a three-game mini-heater. So, the artist formerly known as The Cooler is red hot right now. Trevor, you've got a chance to do some serious damage this week. In fact, you could turn that three-game streak into a seven-game streak. If you were a guy who had a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in one season, you'd be more legendary than you are right now. You have four, <laughs> yeah, I would. You have four <laughs> yeah, opportunities. I would. Yeah, you would. Are you ready to take a shot? Let's do it, man. Monday Night Football, arguably the game of the year. Chiefs at Rams. As everybody knows, it was supposed to be at Altitude, Mexico City, but it's been moved back to L.A. Vegas has the Chiefs as three-point dogs. Trevor, who you like? The Chiefs getting the field goal or the Rams giving it? All right, so the field goal is going to be the thing. I am taking the Rams to cover. The reason I'm taking the Rams to cover is because of where the game is played. Not just that, that they're playing at home, but the L.A. Coliseum has weird sight lines, right? And the Chiefs Stadium is built one way, the L.A. Coliseum Stadium is built another way. And when you have depth perception things, like the crowd's too far back or something like that, those little things make a gigantic difference. You'd be shocked. The grass makes a gigantic difference. It, it may look like football to you, but I'm telling you, to football players, you know, professional football players who, are, who their livelihood is on the line, that type of thing, those little things matter. Now, the three points is going to come one of two ways. The Rams are going to kick a three-point field goal to win, or the Chiefs are going to miss a three-point field goal to tie the game. I like the Rams by three. All right, Rams minus three. Write that down. That would make it four in a row. Going to the Thanksgiving triple header. Trevor, first game of the day. The very for real Bears, who bit me in the ass yesterday, are in Detroit to play the Lions. <laughs> They're three-point favorites on the road. Where do you go with this one? Bears minus three or Detroit plus three? I, I like the Bears. I like the Bears in a minus three. I, I mean, just watching them play yesterday, it's, it's less. You know, I was going to say the same thing about the Saints. Are we confident because we're, because we're winning or are we winning because we're confident, right? Chicken and egg. And I think with the Bears, it's a little bit of both. I watched Mitch Trubisky play, and, and I'm like, at first I was like, who who let this kid 
Who let some kid in the stands play quarterback for the Bears? But now you're starting to see him kind of grow up a little bit. Now he better stop calling like obvious checks and have Harrison Smith fooling him half the time. But when he gets it right, you know that you know the running game works. The defense is what the defense is. I like I like Chicago all day in that one. Yeah, no way I'm going against those guys once again. I'm going to take the Bears minus three myself. So Bears minus three for you. A divisional matchup with some big-time playoff implications. The Redskins have got to go without Alex Smith. They go into Jerry World to play the Cowboys. As you can imagine, the Alex Smith injury has moved that line. The Redskins are now 8-point. Eight 8-point eight road dogs. Redskins plus 8 or Cowboys minus 8, Trevor. Jesus Christ. I, okay. Right? That, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking nuts, right? Dallas is going to win this game. Dallas is not going to cover eight points because I think the skins are going to galvanize a little bit. They're going to rally behind, uh, behind, uh, howdy duty playing quarterback. And I think they find a way to keep the, keep the game closer than it's supposed to be. By the way, let me go back a little bit. That kid Vander Esch is really good. Yeah, he is. Jalen Smith is on a different level. And I don't know if anybody's watching him play football and I don't, I don't understand how the Cowboys take him off the field and nickel and dime personnel. He's the fastest man on the field at all times. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm watching that kid play, man. I'm like I will. Like I watch linebackers. I play with good ones. That kid is in a class athletically by himself. All right. So you like Dallas to win, but not to cover. Redskins plus eight, and then finally the Falcons. Your Falcons in New Orleans to finish off the <laughs> night. This is incredible, Trevor. No no surprise here, but the Falcons who everybody thought so much of coming into this season, getting 12 and a half on the road. Can the Falcons, Trevor, keep it within 12 and a half, or are the Saints and their unstoppable offense going to cover that number? I, I would put the Saints at plus 52.1. The Saints are going to beat the dog shot of Falcons. <laughs> 12 and a half is not enough. I, I'm, I'm telling you, stopping that Saints offense, again, are they confident because they're winning or are they winning because all their players are just better than everybody else? What's funny to me is every other team had a chance to draft all their players. How did they get all the good ones? Or is it Drew Brees making that happen? Or is it Sean Payton and his attitude? I don't know what it is, but I've played on a team with this kind of offense, and I'm telling you, they are going to, they are going to this game knowing they are going to clap the shit out of the Falcons. That is they such, know it. That is such a big number, and Trevor Price does not care. Saints minus 12 and a half, and there it is. The special edition four-pack of Price's picks. My man is 9-10-1 on the season, but yeah, looking, <laughs> looking to make it 13-10-1 the next time we talk, and he's ripped off three in a row, and that's going to do it for us. You want to make sure you subscribe, and these episodes will hit your listening devices automatically every single week. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Jim Rome. He's at Trevor underscore Price. That is Price with a Y. Hit us both up. Appreciate you all listening. Trevor, have an amazing week. I will talk to you soon, and we'll do it next time. Absolutely, man. We're out.